you're never going to replace people. You're never going to replace that ability for that interaction. That one person can make or break your day. I think the difference is, is trying to figure out how you have less problems, making it, as we said, frictionless. And then your interaction with the person becomes more of a friendly interaction. At, at the end of the day, you're not going to replace the people aspect because that's how you keep people coming back in through, through your venue. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Calling all thrill makers, fun creators, and attraction pros. Get ready for the ride of a lifetime at IAPA Expo 2023, the global attractions industry's premier event. Join us in Orlando, November 13th to the 17th for a week of learning, networking, and exploring trends and new technologies. Discover innovative solutions for growth that will supercharge your business and enhance your career. Register by November 10th at iapa.org slash iapaexpo. That's I-A-A-P-A dot org slash I-A-A-P-A-E-X-P-O to save up to 30% and get an additional $10 off with the code APROS. That's A-P-R-O-S. We'll be there and we hope to see you too. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Well, today and only today, but maybe tomorrow and maybe yesterday, it's going fantastically. And 319 weeks prior. <laughs> but good, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Question for you. Bring it. Have you ever had a bad experience buying tickets to something? Hmm. I may have, but nothing is jumping to my mind at this point nothing that is so egregious that it's something that i keep in the front of my mind and i keep telling people about does that make sense it, it does make sense and that's a very good thing <laughs> because if you don't remember then you probably haven't had too many bad experiences buying tickets i think that's fair have you yes okay i can, I can think of one that comes top of mind and this uh this was almost a year ago um, and there was a, uh, there was a, a ticketed event not far from where I live in Chicago, where, um, you know, we, we were able to, to bring, bring our son, Jacob, who was right around two years old at the time. I think he had just turned two or was just about to turn two. And there was a carousel and there was like a train and there were some kind of some, some little rides all around. And it was like 20 degrees outside. So it was really cold. And we figured, all right, we'll go down there and we'll buy tickets and we'll get on the carousel. We'll go and we'll, we'll do these little rides, do this, you know, this little like Christmas village, you know, kind of a holiday experience type of thing. And I went over, there was no, there was nowhere to buy tickets because you had to do it all online, which meant that they were removing some friction from that ticket buying experience. So they said, all right, here's the QR code. So I scanned the QR code and I went to the page and it was not optimized for people on their phone. It was not optimized for mobile. So here's a QR code that you can only scan with your phone that it would be better if you're actually doing this at home and on your computer. So it's 20 degrees. I'm holding my two-year-old in one hand. I'm taking my gloves off and I don't want to have my gloves off for very long because it is freezing outside. And I'm going through the process and they didn't have Apple Pay. They didn't have Google Pay. It didn't have my payment that was that was stored in. I had to type, try to type with one hand, of uh, you know my my name, and then I had to pull out my credit card and read off the credit card number and the expiration date and the the three little numbers on the back and get all that in, just to ride the stupid carousel. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is a really bad ticketing experience that I'm going to remember 
for a long time because it's 2020, I'll say it's 2022 because it was, I think it was December. So it was still last year of saying, I should be able to just scan this with my face and go, boop, done. I should be able to do this with one hand, put the phone back in my pocket, put my glove back on and take my son on this carousel. Mm. That's that's my bad ticket experience. Gotcha, gotcha. I had probably the good version of that. Um, now, I, oh, didn't have nice. two, I didn't have a two-year-old <laughs> with me because I don't have a child, but um, I was in San Francisco and I was debating whether or not I had time enough to go on the Alcatraz tour, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of walking around that Pier 39 area um, and I had my phone and there was, you know, the the ticketing kind of kiosk where you could buy all kinds of different attraction tickets. But then I just decided to pull up, you know, the, the regular website and stuff. And I remember like standing behind a building because it was, it was sunny out. So I needed the shade to see my phone, but the process was so easy. And I was like, it was kind of like, is that it? Like, is that all I need to do kind of thing? Because I could scan my credit card and almost the exact opposite of what you went through. But that's a a, a process or a, an experience that I remember being good, right? Yeah. So I remember it for the good. But like I said, I don't have one of those experiences like you do that was really on the other side of that scale. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when when you think about kind of my experience versus your experience that, you know, one of the software developers for probably who who did the experience you're talking about, they've probably been in that position before and thinking, all right, what, what circumstance are guests going to be in that is going to be surrounding their external environment that I can help make it easy for them to be able to buy that ticket at that time. Yeah. In my circumstance, I don't think one of the software developers had been holding a two-year-old in their hand while trying to buy a ticket when it was 20 degrees outside. And to think, okay, these are all the circumstances the guest could be in. That ties nicely into who our guests, plural, are today, because we have Dave Carey and Kristen Seitz, who are the co-founders and senior consultants of the Recur Group. They help attractions of various scopes and sizes be able to identify and understand what ticketing solutions and what features are going to be best for their particular business, their environment, their guest experience, as well as their back of house team as well. Well, and what's so interesting about the question that you asked at the very beginning and some of the things that they talk about is they talk about their technology or whatever system is being used as kind of being forgettable, or it should be forgettable, right? You shouldn't remember necessarily your ticketing experience. It should be frictionless. It should be, uh, you know, pain points should be removed. It should be as easy as pie, a hot knife through warm butter, right? Getting into um, that facility so that when you get in there and you're riding rides or you're seeing animals or you're doing whatever that facility has to offer, that's what you remember. You remember the good times with your family. You remember the the team member that treated you so well. You remember getting just the right souvenir. You don't necessarily need to remember the ticketing process that got you in there. So I think it's a great tie into the question that you uh, you posed in the beginning. Thank you. Thank you. I did that on purpose. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to being forgettable, kind of the, the forgotten part of the guest experience, they also talk about kind of the, the flip side of it of what's happening internally within the organization. Because when it comes to a ticketing system, it's not just your admissions department who's going to be involved in that platform or in that software. So they talk about the operations team. They talk about the frontline employees. They talk about the finance team. They talk about the, the IT team. And you need to have all those people in the room to be able to understand, all right, what are the things that I need from this system to help me do my job better to be able to, whether it's deliver these reports to senior leadership as far as how much revenue we're making, which is probably a relatively important metric in, you know, in the business, uh, to that frontline staff of saying, how easy is it for me to help the guest get into the venue and be able to, to help do more than just the transaction of being able to actually uh, help them have an even better experience. So they talk about managing all those pain points within the organization, because a lot of times, sometimes those meetings don't necessarily happen unless you know, a, a group like the Recur Group comes in and says, hey, we need to understand all these things to be able to tell you what's going to be best for you. Absolutely. And the way they kind of tell the story about, you know, 
because this is maybe a computer application that IT starts the process, right? And IT is going to be supporting it in the end, but really it's your front gate or your front front of house people that are going to be, you know, using it and interfacing it with every single day. And then maybe marketing or finance are going to be looking at the reports. So, you know, it really does take bringing everybody to the table. Um, but then you also think about all of the different things that can be incorporated into a system like that. And it's no longer just a ticket that you're getting, right? right. It's now, as they um, label them, entitlements. So it could be that your entrance into a facility is part of an entitlement that you also, you know, now get a, a, a wearable that you are um, using to pay with, with, you know, your credit card information is in there, or whatever it is that is now, you know, really a, 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 a gateway or a springboard to your all of your experiences and it's not just a a paper ticket that you have which back in the old days as they talked about somebody's got a punch with a card or you get a hand stamp or whatever so it's a very different um business model yeah it's it's your park ticket which gets you entry it's your wallet it's your room key it's your reservations to attractions it's it's your your how you order food it's, it's the entire ecosystem of the experience that uh, you know, that, that these solutions are evolving to, like you said, beyond the traditional, here's your ticket. Uh, this is just such a, a fascinating conversation. Uh, I know we both learned so much, and this is one of those where I, I know we could just keep talking and keep asking them so many questions, uh, as well as ask to hear so many stories from them. They're definitely full of stories. They they both come from the industry. They they both uh, worked for Disney for many years, as well as with a number of different uh, point of sale solutions. So it's uh, just fascinating to to really hear their expertise. And one of the things that you will hear Kristen say, and I want to touch on that because of what I do and what you do is that you'll never replace the people, right? You may put them in different places and have them do different things, but at the end of the day, we are still a people-oriented business. And there will be things that technology will take over or may do in certain aspects, but that just means that the people that you do have now have um, different responsibilities or maybe elevated responsibilities to, you know, almost be a concierge. Now, instead of a, instead of a ticket taker, you're a concierge and you have those concierge points all over the, the facility that can really help guests. So that was uh, very encouraging for me to hear from somebody who focuses on technology, but still says, we're never going to lose the people. Right. Right. Uh, well said. I have nothing to add to that. It was just <laughs> so perfectly. So I say, let's, uh, Let's get our tickets and jump into this interview. Let's get our entitlements and head right in. Well, hello, Dave and Kristen. How are you doing today? Welcome to the Attraction Pros podcast. So excited to have you with us. Great to be here, Matt. Josh, thanks so much for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Hello. Good morning and thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, this is a, a little unique for us to have two guests, but we're super excited. Um, would love to hear a little bit about your career paths and uh, kind of how you came to uh, be working together right now. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, my entry into this industry really started with with a love for the parks and, and growing up and going to parks all over the country. And I, my parents and I moved all over the place. So we had a lot of opportunity to go uh, to different parks all the time. Um, and we moved to Florida when my father retired. And so I was a regular at Bush Gardens and SeaWorld and Walt Disney World, of course, and all that sort of thing. So once I graduated from high school, I got a job immediately in Orlando at, at Magic Kingdom. And so I worked there. Uh, in between high school and college, and then came back whenever I returned home and and would pick up some shifts here and there and that sort of thing. Um, and then after college, I worked for uh, EDS and HP for a little bit, but I landed a job with the original uh, VGS Systems Engineering uh, in Orlando as they were about halfway through the installation of the ticketing system at Walt Disney World. Uh, so it was really kind of exciting time. I I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, and I approached it just like it was a job, a new job. Here I go, you know, I'm doing this. And then I had no idea it was going to turn into a career. So that passion and 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 uh, uh, the good experiences I had with parks up until that point just really snowballed into me getting all the way into the industry, all the way into that job. And I worked at a, at a long, uh, long time through the VGS to Omni Ticket to Best Union to Viva Ticket days, um, 
And I worked there, you know, that entire time and uh, just just loved it for the most part. Um, Kristen and I met on that original Disney project. I was on the vendor side, obviously, and she was there at Walt Disney World. Um, so she was part of a core team that was helping to get the system up and running in terms of training and, and uh, the logistics around that. And so uh, we hit it off. I was uh, the person uh, in charge of the uh, then MGM Studios, and Kristen worked there. And so we saw each other every day as I was out there just kind of hanging out, monitoring the system, making sure everything was going okay. And uh, we built a relationship there. Um, so later on, when time came uh, at OmniTicket to hire someone into the operations piece, I thought of Kristen immediately. And uh, after some detective work, found her. She had uh, escaped from Walt Disney World for a little bit and was out doing some work in retail. And I actually tracked her down at her store and then asked her to come in and interview for uh, for the job, which she did. And of course, she was hired. And, uh, you know, the rest is history there. I, I moved on and worked for Entertainment Benefits Group for about seven years and then uh, Gateway Ticketing Systems after that. But we've always maintained that uh, that relationship. So it's been a very positive experience overall. Awesome. Dave, I'm just curious, where did you work at Magic Kingdom? Um, I worked in custodial. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which, which to me was the greatest perspective in a lot of ways. You, you get to go from different lands to, you know, different jobs and different roles behind the scenes on stage, you know, that sort of thing. And um, really had uh, some, <laughs> some of the best guest interactions that you could possibly have uh, just by walking through the park and just uh, getting to know everybody and seeing everything. Absolutely. I spent some time in Tomorrowland at the Speedway. So, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Kristen, I know, I know Dave shared a little bit of, of kind of the overlap and how you two connected, but would love to hear about your career background as well. Well, like Dave, um, I used to come down here um, for vacation. Uh, we would come down, spend a week down at Walt Disney World every year with my family as I was growing up. <clears throat> so, naturally, the love for the theme parks was just one of those things that spawned early on. And then after, after college, I was, oh, why not go to Florida? Why not get a job at Walt Disney World? I mean, it's the happiest place on earth. So down I came and landed a job in guest relations there and then moved into some other fields within Disney, which is great. It provides a, a good opportunity to springboard into a few different departments. And I landed on this core team for putting in a new automated ticketing system. And if you can even think that back in those days, that's still when the paper ticket and somebody had a hole puncher <laughs> or a stamp that was going on there. And we were putting in something that was gonna be completely automated. So um, obviously we, we brought that on uh, with a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, weekends, late nights, <laughs> overnights. Um, so, we got to be uh, really good friends with the folks at VGS at that point in time. So I uh, did, a, did a couple of tours through Disney in some different management locations, had the privilege and the honor of opening up Disney's Animal Kingdom um, as the ticketing person. <laughs> so um, did that. And then shortly after that, I, I left the company and moved on to the retail world where we were putting in POS systems um for different likes uh, gap uh, ann taylor uh lucky brand to to name a few so some some of those out there uh doing just basic installs and getting stores up and running and new systems coming in learning how to utilize them and then got a call from dave and he's like you know you want back into this world <laughs> and Lobold came in and talked with them met the team and it felt like home. So I joined at that point in time, that was Omni Ticket. I joined that team and well, I think you can say we spanned what, eight, I was there 18 years. You and I worked there for what, 12 Dave? I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 11, well, 11 years, but yeah, very close. Well, uh, and, and we we kind of created this uh, environment at Omni Ticket at the time where we'd hired away a lot of folks from, from Walt Disney world, a lot of people that were on that original project. So for Kristen, it was like, she was walking into this environment where she knew 90% of the people already. And so it was like a reunion of sorts of from that original core team at, at Disney world. It was, and, and not to mention the 
clients that you were dealing with too were some of was Disney, one of them at the time. So I had friends on both sides. So it, it made it very easy to just come right back into that position as well. So after a couple of acquisitions, company grew, I grew with the company, took over global operations um, for Best Union, then Viva Ticket, and then uh, two acquisitions after that, um, took over all of operations worldwide. So was running support, project management, QA, all of that for Viva Ticket. And till left, Dave called and said, hey, <laughs> I think I think we need to rethink this whole thing. I think we need to do something mm -hmm. together. So yeah. here we are. I, I was on the fence. Should I retire? I don't really <laughs> want to, to retire. I don't want to. I don't have beats. And Clearly, then I thought, I'm well, not maybe I'll, I'll I'll do something outside of the attra attractions industry. Maybe I'll do that. And then I thought I did not qualify to do anything else but this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to call. I got to call Kristen and see what she's doing. Well, I'm I'm sensing a trend here that um, you know Dave kind of gets into something, calls Kristen, and then you know you guys kind of take over the world. So now you are working together again. Um, so tell us how this partnership came to came to be. Well, uh, you could you could take that with Kristen. I, I I think <laughs> I think just from that that aspect of it, like Dave said, Dave and I have kept in contact over the years. We have a funny text string that we have with some of the old colleagues that we have where we name funny things. But in in the realm of it, we'd see each other at IAPA, you know, the different trade shows, you'd up and you'd see, oh, hey, you know, catching up. And we know each other personally as well. So it, it legitimately was just a conversation that we had. And Dave called up and he said, you know, we don't really want to retire, do we? Like, <laughs> we're going to get bored. And I think we had probably reached that point where it was nice to take a few breaths. But in the grand scheme of it, we really enjoy this business and we enjoy the people that we've worked with and the things that we did. And, and we still had a lot of contacts. So even just being out at IAPA last year and being removed from our, our respective companies, we were still mingling amongst people going, yeah, maybe this isn't, maybe retirement's not it, not just yet. Maybe we've got one last go. So he, he called up uh, after the holidays and said, I think we need to do this. I think we need to form a company. I think our expertise is needed and I think we can pull this off. We've got a great group of people we're surrounded with that will hopefully be willing to come work for us again. So. Here we, here we are. So fast forward, you know, nine months and the recurrent group has, uh, has been brought about. Nice. One of the things that I, I'm curious about, and this is really a question for both of you, is the importance of your backgrounds working in the parks to being able to fully understand and appreciate all, all the capabilities that are needed when running a point of sale and running a ticketing uh, uh, software solution, if you will. Because, uh, you know, there, there are some there, there are some companies out there that, you know, were started by park people that became tech people. And then a lot of companies that are out there that started as tech people that became park people. And I feel like there's a lot of value to really both of those, especially, you know, from, from kind of that, uh, that latter side of being able to say, okay, this is what other industries are doing. And this is what theme parks and attractions need to do. But then there's the, hey, I've been there on those super busy Saturdays. And I know when something's not working and thinking if only this would do X, Y, Z and having that, I guess, those boots on the ground. So curious as far as if you can talk about maybe that sort of that importance of, of understanding it from the operator side. I think as a cast member or as an employee of, of a park, it prepares you for a lot. And it's not just about the preparing you for the world within the leisure industry. A lot of these places give you a great foundation for the rest of your life in terms of how you're going to work with people, how you're going to interact with the public, you know, what's acceptable in terms of presentation and guest service and that sort of thing. I think there's a lot of lessons there to be learned. Um, but the bigger issue is, understanding that guest and understanding the guest experience. I mean, because, uh, you know, I've had experience where where folks are 
developers working on an application, but they have no idea what it's like to be in a park, what it's like to be in the front line. When, when a guest is unhappy and when you're trying to satisfy that guest and whatever need that they may have at that time, they don't know what that's like. They sit down, tunnel vision, I'm coding, that's what I do. You tell me to build XYZ, I build XYZ. But there's no thought about the guests there. They just don't have that background. It's nothing wrong with their skills. They may be very talented developers, for example, but they don't have that first hand experience to understand that what they do affects uh, the pleasure and the uh, times that, that folks are trying to have at these parks. I mean, you know, uh, and you've had other guests talk about this too, you know, in, in terms of um, understanding no matter what your role is in this industry, that it adds to the uh, enjoyment uh, of those guests, those folks that have um, those those folks that have saved up all their money for a year or two years to go and have this week at a at a resort and and go to these parks and that sort of thing. We don't want to be remembered from the technical standpoint. We don't want to be the thing that they remember. My my ticket didn't work. My bio biometric scan didn't work, and it took me so long to get into the park. We want to be forgotten, you know. And a lot of times, that's just by doing your job, making sure that you're keeping that guest in mind when you're doing your job, and um, and just understanding that it can be very satisfying work to know that you had a piece of giving a family this huge memory that they're building, and and you have a part of that. And understanding that I think affects your day-to-day work. And I think it, it, it improves your your ability to uh, to do a great job. Yeah, never never do you hear somebody talk about what a great experience they had as they were entering someplace. You'll hear <laughs> them obviously complain that their website was slower or, or they didn't get their order. You don't want to have that. You want to have whatever they're experiencing inside be the memory that they walk away from. So you keeping that piece outside, whether that's the website, whether it's interaction with you know the front people where, they, where they've lost something or they can't find something. But um, as Dave said, on the other hand, it's also being able to get all of that information that you need to be able to take that software platform that you have and turn it into something that is going to help drive your business for that person that just came inside, wants to experience all that, has a great experience. How do I get them back? How do I keep them coming? That's what we want to be able to do and help our clients do, I think, in this industry. Well, and Kristen, that was one thing uh, that I was curious about. We all know that consumers are getting more and more tech savvy, right? And and wanting a, I don't know how to say this, more and more frictionless <laughs> experience, yeah. right? Um, few, fewer pinch points along the way. So I'm curious how Recur Group helps with that, helps your clients ensure that almost that your systems are forgotten, right? And it's it's a frictionless entry point into the into the experience. I think one of the things that we'll look to do um, with the with the group of people that we have that are working with us, we're bringing in those people that have also been operations people, that have been parks people, have been you know running a, an attraction or just simply member services or marketing. So we're consulting with our group of people who we send in to help at those locations. So we've got a client, for example, that needs some help discerning what system to choose. We're gonna come in, we're gonna do a site visit. We wanna understand what the lay of the land is. We wanna understand what your flow is. We wanna understand what your products are. What are you looking to sell? What are your pain points that you have now with your current system? Are you just not utilizing it to its fullest capabilities? Or have you outgrown it? Or is it square peg round hole kind of situation? So taking a look at those types of things when we first come in, that's, you gotta have the boots on the ground. I, I think, you know, COVID changed that for a lot of a lot of people out there, but there's nothing that beats us coming in and taking a look at that operation and understanding how the flow works, what it is you're trying to accomplish, how do we take our expertise then and say, okay, we know from other examples that we've seen or done, or, or we know what's been successful based upon some of these other venues or other clients that we've worked with. And 
it may be an operational change. It may not, it may not even be a system change. Hmm. Maybe it's again, looking at the current system that they have, maybe they're not utilizing the, the software, the technology to its capability and trying to just really, what are those pain points that you have? We need those clearly defined from your team as well. So we can come in and make those suggestions appropriately. And I think I think that's where we feel most confident too in the team and the the folks that we've assembled. I I don't hesitate to go into any situation with with a customer, um, and uh, where they might throw something out, and I have to say I don't know, um, but I have so many great resources to rely on to say okay, I know somebody on the team has faced this situation before, something similar to this, and that we'll be able to knock it out. You know, and that's and that's just the relationships that we've built over the years, and 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 hanging on to those friendships and those uh, those uh, business relationships uh, to to assemble this team, and and I'm so proud of of what we've been able to do in terms of uh, amassing all this talent to uh, to address any issue that comes our way. And and what it sounds like is <clears throat> there there might be a. a myth that people might think that every ticketing system, every point of sale is the same. They all have the same functionality or maybe one is better than other or there's, you know, or, or there's X, Y, Z, but uh, the way that you're putting it in particular, Kristen, the way that, the way that you phrase that is that th there's no one size fits all. It's that there is, there is the specific solutions for specific type of venues. I'm curious, maybe why people uh, or may maybe why operators might not necessarily be able to kind of see the depth of, what all the different providers are are able to do, or maybe think that they need one solution when in actuality, perhaps there's another one that that fits best better fits their particular circumstance. You want that one, Dave? <laughs> no, he, he addressed you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's a loaded question or not. <laughs> <I'm just curious. laughs> I know now why you do this with one with one person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dave, I, I'm more than happy to, 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 and then you chime in if you'd like as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think really from, from that standpoint, when we, when we take a, a look at that, we're, we're going to be the folks that have the partnerships with all of those different platforms to have a good understanding of what they all do. When you get to the client and you look at their operation and you talk with them, and as you said, some of those operators, you know, think that they might need this system, but they're only one piece in the wheel. And that kind of comes down to when you take a look at some of these clients and you take a look at sometimes some of the projects that necessarily stall out or, or there's a, a change in scope. I can tell you from past experience that I always think that comes when you don't have all of the people who need to be present in the room to make that decision. So for example, when I talked about pain points before, what are your pain points from finance? What are your pain points from the membership department? What about just your frontline operations? And we're, we're collectively, we need to hear what all of those are. And even more so, back to the point before, it's us also going there and meeting with these people to see that, to understand what, what are these pain points? Let's come to a consensus because perhaps, you know, the, the frontline people have a problem with X and the finance people are like, well, we don't see that as a problem. We need that. And suddenly you have, well, well, this is what we want and this is what we want again this is where we can really come in to help because as we all know, when making those decisions and having those decision makers sit around the table, everybody's looking out for their interest of what they need to get out of the system. They're not always so willing to work as a team. And that's where I think we can come in and help them go, okay. I almost kind of liken it to the, the real estate agent that's trying to sell the house, right? What did you want out of the house? You wanted four bedrooms. You wanted three bathrooms. You wanted an updated kitchen. Okay, this has this all. It just doesn't have the backyard. Is that as important? Where does that fall on the list? Um, it, again, it's it's same real life, just taking a look at it from a different picture. And we can help bring in that level of expertise with these folks, get them around the table, get them talking, really understand where they're stuck 
and of course make the suggestions to put them on the right path to choosing the system that is really, again, not one size fits all, but going to hit the majority of their pain points. You know, and I, I think uh, I'll ask Kristen a question now. I don't know if this is if this is allowed, but <laughs> Kristen, how many times have we gone in uh, either on the vendor side or on a consultant side and talk to these folks that are looking to replace their system and talk to a marketing person or a finance person and they go, well, I never would have picked the system that we have now. If they would have asked me, I would have totally done something different, but nobody ever asks me. So, you know, I, I've been unhappy with this system since the very beginning. And I'm I'm jaded and, and bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> never. I mean, that, that never happens. <laughs> more, more often than not, <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that definitely happens for sure. Yeah. Well, and because it's, sometimes it's so IT driven. Um, and it's and it's interesting because that's who starts to reach out a lot of times in the beginning is the IT side of the business um, instead of the operations, instead of finance, which really would be using the system. You know, IT is there for support. Um, they don't know uh, what that operator needs, what that finance person needs and what the marketing person needs. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, way that most people approach it uh, from a technical standpoint instead of operations. Hmm. Well, and it sounds like your process is very consultative, right? As you're going in and trying to figure out kind of what those pain points are and things. And I'm curious, do you ever find that people don't even know that they have a pain point, meaning that they've they've found some workaround and that's just the way that they've always done it. And they don't realize that even with the, the system that they have, like if you just click this box, instead of doing this workaround that takes you 15 minutes, you could actually get more out of this than you than you realize. Um, so are there those kind of uh, experiences as well? 100%. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. I, Every time. I, I, <laughs> always, always. And, I, and I it, from the standpoint of just looking for reporting, reporting is always a, a big issue <laughs> when you go in to do um, an install. And... <laughs> I, I think it's just the concept though, you know, what, what do you want to change? We don't know. We don't know. We don't need to change. We don't need to change. I've got this. Um, I'm going to collect this report from the system. I'm going to use this Excel spreadsheet. I've got these pivot tables over here. And you're like, it, it, stop. you can just click the button here. You just have to include these other fields and you can click one button and it will magically give you this dashboard of things. And if you need the raw data behind it, you can click this other button and we'll spit it out to a file for you. Um, I, I use reporting like that with any, with any project because I can undoubtedly say that no matter how many times you take your, your learnings from one project to the next, I can 100% tell you there will always be a finance person who wants the report that they had from 1982 instead of the dashboard that they can get by clicking a button. And it gives them instant data with where they are 30 seconds ago with all of their with all of their in-park, with the revenue that they generated, the per caps. They've got more information at at their fingertips with the system. And it's it's always so funny for me to hear, like, why why do you want to collect spreadsheets and then have to look at other pivot tables? Like it, it becomes a little bit archaic, but it it's just what they're used to. And it's it yeah. becomes then an issue of training. How do you train these people who are so used to doing something in a particular way to to do something different, to see something different, to find a new way to do it? That's a lot of free time. <laughs> your your salesperson told me you could make this exact report look exactly the way I've always seen it. Yeah. So we have to deal with that when we're coming in and doing the implementation and the training. Going, yeah, it's, it looks a little different, but here's all this great stuff that you can do beyond this. It's not just this report anymore. Yeah. It and it's, uh, you know, it's amazing to see how the technology has continued to evolve over time and continues to, to keep evolving kind of based on where certain trends are at and where, you know, certain needs are at. And I've got to imagine that that's something that 
uh, that you two probably need to really track and be on top of as far as which, uh, you know, which providers, which, uh, you know, which, which companies are kind of making certain enhancements, uh, you know, to, to certain key features. And, you know, in, in 2020, you know, time ticketing, you know, absolutely took off within attractions that had never needed it before. And that was a whole new functionality. So I'm curious, and just using, I'm just using that as, as one kind of small example that uh, probably resonates with, with a lot of our audience that whether they're still doing it or they went back to just being, you know, open time or, you know, open date ticketing. Uh, as far as kind of staying on top of those trends and really looking out for, all right, this is what the operators need, because this is, you know, the way that the, the guest experience is changing, whether it's front of house or, or back of house is what the finance team now needs. We now need this type of reporting in terms of kind of staying on top of uh, who might have new functionality and who's really investing in, in continual development in the right direction towards the future of the industry. I, I think uh, what's been valuable to us so far is uh, the direct relationships that were were uh, and partnerships that we're forming with ticketing companies, with some of the leading ticketed companies out there, and their willingness to sort of share uh, what's on their product roadmap in terms of what's coming. Um, so that's been a huge advantage to us to be able to pick up the phone and and talk to someone at a ticketing company uh, when we come across a need that's maybe unique or a little bit um, ahead of time uh, in terms of uh, trends in, in the industry. Um, but what I'll say is the COVID really accelerated a lot of things. And people will talk about COVID, post-COVID, you know, what are we keeping? What are we holding on to? But things like reservations uh, for theme parks, the need was already there. Um, it was already something that that we were heading toward um, in a lot of ways. And I think that it really just sped things up. You know, it just lit a fire under us to get there uh, because there's so many other advantages uh, to that reservation system in terms of uh, operational expectations and things along uh, those th those lines. Um, I just think it accelerated things so quickly. Now we're looking post and we're saying we're, we're just going to hold on to a lot of this stuff, especially when it comes to mobile, when it comes to mobile ordering, mobile ticket sales and that kind of thing. I mean, we used to think about... Uh, line busting and and uh, that sort of thing in, in terms of uh, the point of sale for tickets. But now we're saying, we don't want any line. We want you booking ahead of time. We want to know what day you're coming, what time you're coming in certain circumstances. And all that stuff helps the park operate in a, in a more efficient way. So, um, and I personally, I maybe I don't want to interact with a lot of people. Maybe I just want to just buy my ticket, buy my food with my cell phone, and, and just go in and enjoy my day and not slow down. Uh, if I'm waiting in line for an attraction and I can order my food for when I get off the ride, that's perfect. You know, I don't want to spend my day waiting in line unless it's for a really great roller coaster or something along those lines. Here. <laughs> I'm sorry, does that answer your question? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, you were, we talked about tangents before, so I just yeah, want to yes. be sure. Tangents are welcome. Yeah. They are. Okay. They are. Um, and, and this question may um, elicit a tangent or two, um, but there's something that I noticed on your website um, as you talk about AI, um, AI-powered crowd management solutions. And I think for a lot of folks, mm -hmm. whenever you mention AI, like they're like, what is that? I don't want to get involved with that. Right. Um, they get a little scared. But um, can you give us maybe a little glimpse into what that specifically means? And even from an, an AI perspective, where do you see that going within the, the realm of technology for POS? Um, I'm going to stay away from some specifics here because we are currently uh, negotiating with a partner um, to work with them on this. But what I'll tell you is that um, growing out of sort of that retail world of uh, the back in the old days, we used to do uh, work with a company called Shopper Track and Shopper Track's main job at that time was um, understanding the flow in and out. How many people are in the store, blah, 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 how many people are in line and that kind of thing. And that has um, grown to um, a much more sophisticated way of doing, uh, of achieving that. And really, when we talk about AI, we're talking about the data that's collected um, from those different points uh, of contact with guests 
and how we're analyzing that data and how we're predicting uh, what's going to go on. So if you take that model from the retail world and you apply it to the front gate and to the lines at the concessions and the lines at the rides and that sort of thing, it's going to give you an, a better overall sense of, of what's in the park. We, we still rely, Kristen mentioned before, in park numbers. Um, yeah, that was okay, the people in the park minus people that went in minus the people that left, that's your in-park number. But that's all that is. And what we're really looking to do is, is go beyond that front gate with ticketing and understand the use uh, of entitlements that may be attached to that ticket. Um, and I think if you listen to Paula Morrow, he would say, uh, we're not talking about tickets anymore. We're just talking about entitlements now. And so how are we using those entitlements? When are we using them? What is the flow? at these different attractions uh, where you're utilizing those entitlements. So I think that's where AI comes in. It's an easy name to kind of throw around. It's it's a buzzword. Everybody's talking about it and that sort of thing. But this isn't generative AI that we're talking about. This is really about data and presenting it in a different way um, where we're collecting data that we didn't use, we didn't collect in the past. Uh, and I think it's going to be very valuable uh, when it comes to per cap. Absolutely. And just crowd management from the respects of how you're moving the flow around the venue. So not any different than what COVID pushed us for time ticketing. Um, not any different than that. People want to understand and predict better how they can move the flow or enhance the flow or how they can even, I, I don't want to say predict, but it is predict by suggestion. Let me suggest that you go this way based upon your entitlements versus going this way. Um, and, and how you're able to do that based upon what what media the you know the guest is holding in their hands. Can you expand more on entitlements versus tickets for someone who might not uh, be totally familiar with with what that means specifically in this context? I think what we we found over time was um, adding more functionality to tickets um, eventually became sort of the entitlement philosophy. So if you had a ticket that was also your room key, which is also your charging privileges and that sort of thing. Um, I think growing from there gets us to the point where we're thinking about um, the ticket more as a gateway um, to the entire offering of a given park, uh, whether that's food and merchandise, uh, whether it's queue management, um, whether it's like your room key or or that, but maybe there's a show that's attached to uh, your park um, that requires time ticketing. Okay, that, then that's another entitlement that's attached to you. So you don't even think about it really anymore as being attached to a ticket, it's attached to a guest. And and they have this nice menu of entitlements that they can they can utilize uh, uh, with with a system that operates that way. Mm -hmm. Dave, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to get back to because you said, you know, if I can just buy my ticket or reserve my time and you know not have to deal with anybody and just go experience that attraction, um, that would be sort of what it sounded like your ideal and. I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's quite a few mm -hmm. people that would would enjoy that. Um, I know I've gone to theme parks and experiences by myself, and it's a very different experience than if I'm with my friends and family, right? Just as a mm -hmm. as an attraction pro, going to to different places and and just experiencing them. Um, but one of the things that I I think about, and maybe this is, you know, old fashioned thinking, and and you two can correct me, but as you're experiencing this type of new technology and the, and the availability of almost staying in your bubble, are you losing some of that interaction that you may have had with a team member? For example, let's, let's talk mm -hmm. about just buying a ticket and going into a, an attraction. You know, I can buy my ticket online. I can bypass any kind of ticketing um, queue that might be there. I go right through the turnstile, boom, I'm in the park. Well, Yes, maybe it asked me, you know, in that for maybe some upgrades or some upsell opportunities and things like that. But if I had gone and, and bought that ticket from a person, they could be asking those questions as well. What do you like to do? Oh, I see you have kids with you. You know, this mm -hmm. entitlement would be great for you. So 
is there a balance there? Maybe that's the question. Is there a balance there of having the ability to focus on, I'm going to do this kind of autonomously. I'm going to do that on my own versus I really need the help of a human being at some point. Right. Right. And, and I think that goes back to the availability of that human being, you know, um, if not everyone is going through that particular funnel, um, then that opens that cast member up for more specialized recommendations and that kind of thing. But when we talk about ticketing and these systems going further into the park, I also, as a guest, want to have my interactions uh, with the right people and the people uh, I know are bringing me some sort of enjoyment. So if I'm with my family, um, it's great that I know when this character is going to be in this area and this this person's available for autographs and that sort of thing so it 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 works both ways so yeah maybe now i i'm I'm a theme park veteran i don't need to know all this information from guest relations you know i kind of know the lay of the land here but i do want to know what time i can take my daughter to go see this particular character and i think that is the interaction that i want from the park and now I can predict it. And now I can go do that without waiting around for an hour for somebody to come out. I know that at three o'clock I can go here and I can see this parade or I can go here and see this character. Or I can have this dining experience. Um, and, and then when I have something I absolutely can't help with, uh, there is a, an available cast member or employee that I can go to and they're not hung up with making half hour transactions with someone you know and helping them out they're there to focus on that sort of more advanced um need fulfillment but i do i i chime in here i do think that that is a fine it's a fine line and i think it's something that in this industry because you have been so people orientated as well as making sure that everything that they're experiencing is great you're never going to replace people. You're never gonna replace that ability for that interaction. That one person can make or break your day. I think the difference is, is trying to figure out how you have less problems, making it, as we said, frictionless, and then your interaction with the person becomes more of a friendly interaction. Not necessarily, oh, I'm trying to figure out how to solve your problem. Solving your problem is great and, and that's super helpful. And perhaps they'll be able to direct and, and get right to the bottom of something very quickly because they're not bothered with all of these other things. But at, at the end of the day, you're not going to replace the people aspect because that's how you keep people coming back in through through your venue. It's, it's that experience and that experience involves, even though Dave doesn't wanna to talk to anybody else, it involves other people. But on the venue side of things, you've got that balance where the venue's going, like every, every business is going, we need to figure out how to do more with less. So you know what that equates to. And you get, it's, it's, it's a fine balance within the venues. And I think that will honestly become the next big struggle for this industry. I, I think just the industry of leisure in itself, that will be the next big mountain to try to figure out where do you put that bar? Yeah, and, and as they're talking about doing more with less, the industry has been experiencing some labor challenges over the last few years. And then wages, you know, the, the demand for wages is going up with everything that you're talking about of creating this frictionless guest experience. Now operators are, are they're able to tell their staff, hey, you're not order takers. You're not here to swipe the credit card. You're not the cashier. We're, you know, we're we're paying you more. We expect you more, whether they want to put that verbatim or not. And they say, hey, the the experience should be elevated because the guest is able to do so much on their own from the administrative and the transactional side of it. So, um, so hopefully that the pieces all maybe fall into all into place ideally together, particularly if they if they see it that way. So, right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you'll you'll find when when you talk to guests and they um, tell you a story about a, an interaction with with a, an employee at a park, it's something extraordinary. Uh, when a, when an employee is going the extra mile, um, the example I'll give you is I, ha I have a cousin who has a, a son who has very specific dietary needs, and so when they spent some time at a resort 
uh, in parks uh, for an extended period of time, it was really a challenge for them to find places for, for him to eat. And they eventually landed on a restaurant and they told the server about the challenges there. And the chef came out to the table and talked to them and they explained to him, you know, what was going on and uh, what their needs were. And he said, I got you. I'll take care of you. I'll make something special for you, you know, and, and that was it. And those are the kinds of guest interactions that we, we want uh, employees to have, not we're going to argue about tickets and I can't find this and I can't go here. I can't do that. It's about, you know, let's have that great interaction. And, and I'll tell you, 10 years later, she till, still tells people that story, remembers the chef's name and how friendly he was. And, you know, I think if they ever were to go back there again, they'd probably ask if he was still around, you know, and those are the kinds of memories that that we want to have and what the guests should have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm I'm curious as we're kind of winding down uh, our, our conversation, unfortunately, because it's been fascinating. Um, but you've both uh, worked in the industry. Obviously, uh, you're 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 both entrepreneurs and starting your own business. So I'm curious. What insight or advice do you have for other leaders in the attractions industry or even the larger, you know, um, just a uh, business world um, in terms of either being a leader or starting your own business? What are some of those lessons that you've learned? Surround yourself with great people. I mean, that, that really, that really is key in just general business. If you can land yourself in a room, with people who are willing to mentor you, who are willing to teach you, and you have a willingness to learn and want to be part of something, that's, I think that that's key just in general, in and of itself. In in this industry, I the thing I would say to anybody coming in is that we came in at a very different age <laughs> and we saw a lot change a lot change so i think in, in in terms of anybody coming in and breaking into this particular industry it's like hold on because it will be the ride that you would never ever expect and and you will meet great people along the way but i i'm really anxious to see how this evolves with technology because I thought we were, <laughs> I thought when we came into this day 30 years ago that what automated ticketing from paper tickets. And now, I mean, just everybody, this, this, this changed everybody's life. Hmm. And I think that in terms of, of, of forming this business and, and, and my approach, I think from a management standpoint has always been the same that we have to find a way to match the fun that the guests are having in, in what we do. I mean, this is a great industry and it, and it's, it's, it's such a great honor to be a part of, uh, of people having fun. I mean, gosh, there's, there's such a, such a great deal of stress and, and, and worry that people have about the world and the state of things and to be able to go and just have some fun and then just kick back it's it's a privilege to be a part of that. And I think when you're talking about your environment and your office or at your work and with your company, it's important to keep that in mind and to keep things loose. I mean, we've all had those stressful times. Kristen talked about the all-nighters and the working all through the weekend and everything, but I I don't think we ever stopped having fun the entire time. You know, and and it just those environments and getting to work in those environments just rubs off on you. And uh, I can't uh, imagine. And that's part of the reason why I didn't want to lose uh, or or leave this industry uh, when I started uh, calming down a little bit in terms of my career. I don't want to walk away from that. I mean, what what other job do you have uh, or that you can get that where you get to have this much fun? It's amazing. Well said. Yeah, that is, that is great advice from both of you. Thanks so much. Uh, as we start to wind this down here, uh, like Matt said, this has been uh, just such a, a fascinating and, and fantastic conversation. If people want to learn more about the Recur Group or if they want to get a hold of either of you directly, where would you send them? I would send them first to our uh, our webpage, which is uh, recurgroup.com. 
com, and that's R-E-C-U-R-G-R-O-U-P.com. And uh, both Kristen and I have email addresses at recurgroup.com. Uh, first name, last name is our uh, our format, uh, our LinkedIn page. Uh, you can contact us through LinkedIn. You can contact us through uh, that page as well. I mean, uh, we're pretty easy to get a hold of. I, I mean, I'd give you my phone number if it was appropriate in this case, but... Uh, I won't I'll hold back this time. I know, I know you're no, Dave, no, Dave. I, I know your I know your listenership is pretty big, so I don't know. There might be some people I'm trying to stay away from. <laughs> but yeah, all, all all those methods, please, you know, just reach out to us. We have a contact form on our website. It's the first thing you'll see. Um, and reach out to us. Let us know about your project or if you just want to say hey or you want to be part of this group. You know, and 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 work with us on um, these opportunities we're we're looking at. That's awesome. That's awesome. And again, we will put everything uh, that you just mentioned, except for your phone number, into the show notes so everybody has those. Uh, but Kristen and Dave, this has been a wonderful conversation. We cannot thank you enough for your time and your insight. And for everybody who is out there watching and listening, just remember, we are all attraction pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.